I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi guys, welcome back. It's Morgan. Today I'm sitting down with Coach Leslie from Eastern Washington. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Yes, we're so excited to hear from you and hear your story. So just to dive into it, one of the first questions I want to ask you um, is just if you can tell us a little bit about the highs and lows of your season. Absolutely. So this was, this 2019 season um, had some definite highs and definite lows. I would say starting off with the lows, we, um, we had 10 new people this fall. And with that, we had quite a bit of injuries this first four, three, four weeks. Um, And so that was definitely a low for us is just rehabbing those girls, getting them back in. We started to hit our stride, which was really nice, was towards the middle of conference, Um, started uh, playing together, started running the offense uh, more fluidly and playing as a group, which was very, very good for us and um, found some success there. I would say the biggest high for us as a team, probably our road trip to Pocatello. We just were playing so connected. And for us, that means um, feeling the person next to you, hearing the person next to you, um, using feedback and playing for each other. Um, for me personally, the high of the season actually came the second weekend we played. It was kind of an eye-opening experience for me, but we went actually back to my the university I was with prior to Eastern Washington, which was Drake University, and we played Drake. And there was a moment in that match that we were playing Drake that I felt so blessed. I was just looking around on the court and I realized that I had the opportunity to recruit every girl on the court on both sides with the exception of like three or four girls. Wow. It was, it was an awesome feeling in that moment. And it was powerful for me to, to see that. There's so much about sports. They can be so like they take up your whole heart and I I can tell the passion you have for the sport as a coach. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing, like I love volleyball. Um, It's absolutely gotten me where I am today and it really has shaped my life. But the women that I've gotten to meet and help and shape and grow over, I don't even know how many years I've been coaching like off the top of my head. It doesn't even matter. It's just, it was so awesome to look around. And I, I had after talked to my husband about it, he was able to come with me on that trip. And I was just in awe. I, I just, like I said before, I just felt so blessed to have known that many girls playing at such a high level with such passion behind their play. I mean, of course, the Drake team wanted to kick my butt, right? And uh, (laughs) in us at Eastern Washington, we were just trying to find ourselves at that point. So it was, it was, it was a great time. 
it was one of those moments where it was super rewarding. Absolutely. That's a very great word for it. Yeah. I love that. Well, and you live for moments like that because during the season, you know, it can be really hard. You know, it can be repetition, you know, it's like, okay, server seat, like, you know, those things. And then it's those little moments that you're like, oh, perfect. Like this, it's like a little reminder of just like how amazing it is. Absolutely. I just love hearing your views as like a coach. How did you get to be a coach? How, like, what's your story there? Hmm. I've always wanted to coach. Always. I mean, you could ask my friends in high school. Um, you could ask my friends from junior high. Uh, I always wanted to be a coach. I never knew it never mattered to me what level I was coaching at. I just wanted to give everything I had to coaching. And one day I woke up and I looked around and I was like, Whoa, I'm, I'm a division one head coach. Like what? But that never, it never mattered to me. I just wanted to keep learning in college. As soon as I, at freshman year in college, I was coaching club and I was trying to learn and just get better. And I think that the coaching path for me, it was something that I always knew I wanted to do. I never knew anything different. I know there's some people that say like, well, I played the sport and I didn't know what to do afterwards. So I, I like started to coach, but I was always coaching. I mean, you've always loved it. I've always loved it. Yeah. I've and been bossy from the start of it. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you can probably ask my college teammates about that. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. No, I can tell just like the love and passion you have for the sport. And I think that makes a huge difference in a coach, you know, is the fact that you've like always wanted to, no matter what level, I think it, it shows that your hard work's paid off to end up like a D1 coach. Yeah. Um, someone told me recently I don't even remember who it was that I might be the only division three player. That's a division one coach right now. And I, I used to know that Illinois state coach, the previous Illinois state coach, she was a division three player and she and I bonded over that. But right now I can't, I'm, I'm not in the know with enough coaches to know if I'm the only division three player who is now a coach. Um, but she was saying at one time, at least I was so, yeah, yeah, it never, it never mattered to me though. I just wanted to be coaching. And I think that I, I got picked up to coach junior college pretty quickly after college. Um, and I had enough mentors to tell me. So right after my college career, I had referees who took me under their wing and said, we need you refing, like you're just really serious about the game. So for the first three or four years after college, I was lining for division one, two um, games. And then at that same time, I had a mentor out of college, uh, my strength coach, who said, you are going to coach, you need to go get your master's degree right now. So I actually started the same program he was in at the time and finished that. And I finished that in a year and a half and went to assist someone at the junior college level and was a professor at the junior college level while I coached, um, 
pretty much until I moved to Iowa to take that assistant job at Drake. So, wow. Yeah. I think people saw it in me and they kept me going in it. Well, I love, I love hearing coaches stories because they all come from different places, but I especially love that you came from a D3 school, you know, you were able to work your way up. You didn't let anything stop you. You know, it didn't matter because you had a love and a passion for it and other people noticed that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they did. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in your years, you know, of being a coach and even not as a coach, what are some of your most memorable travel experiences that you've had? I've been on two team trips that I think were really amazing. The first team trip I went on was with USC and their women's volleyball team when McHaley was the coach. And we went to uh, Europe. We went to Italy, Sylvania, um, Serbia. We had a player in Serbia, so we went there. And then England. Wow. And that was the first time I had ever gone out of the country. And so for me personally, just seeing all of that was very new to me. Mm-hmm. And I was still such a young coach being shaped. Um, Mick is absolutely one of my mentors. Um, and it was a very eye opening experience um, traveling through all those places. Yeah. Um, and then interestingly enough, in 2008, I. Uh, was the associate head coach at Drake, and we took a team to Costa Rica. Oh, wow. And that was such an amazing trip. I thought the girls not only dialed in so well on our pre-practices of just getting the most they could out of it, but then while we were there to watch them serve the communities that we went to, um, they had raised money and sports bras that we brought over and kind of gave out. And it was so rewarding to see those girls and them work. And then obviously we had a lot of fun as well at the beaches and the Mm -hmm. rainforest and, and that, um, personally, I think that trip, what for me was the hardest thing I've ever done. And the reason why I say that is because I was, on that trip with an amazing group of women and all the hard work that they had put in the practices before they were just, that was the best I'd ever seen them play volleyball at Drake. And it was awesome. At the same time for me personally, while I was on that trip, I got the offer to be the head coach at Eastern Washington. Oh. And so it was such a pivotal point in my personal career to take that job at Eastern to watch and be able to coach Drake one last time. And then before we left Costa Rica and, and landed in the United States, it had been publicized that I was the new Eastern coach and pretty much was moving to Washington after that. Wow. Um, so it was a a trip of a lifetime to say the least. And I'm so grateful for those women that allowed me to coach them there. And I was so grateful for the opportunity that I was about to jump into at Eastern Washington. And 
it was, it was a whirlwind to say the least mm-hmm. of the month. <laughs> oh, I bet it was bittersweet too. Oh, so bittersweet. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had that experience before, you know, that you guys were able to take that tour together because traveling just, I don't know, it brings you so much closer. Are you, are you guys going to go on your next foreign tour then? Oh man, we are trying. Yes, that is definitely in the uh, forefront for the EGS. Um, <laughs> when we can get that nailed down, I think the the circumstances of the world right now are are a little uneasy for us all, mm-hmm. um, to say the least. I think that we are handling this with a lot of um, a love and grace and um, hope. And I think if we can hold on to that stuff, um, we'll be just fine. So I hope that the foreign tour for us is, is really close. Oh, I, I, I believe like I have a hope that it'll get better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if we don't have hope, what else is there? Exactly. So, oh, I love that. Well, do you guys know where you're wanting to go on your next foreign tour? You know, we have, we have talked about a few places, We've worked with our international group on campus um, and had a few conversations with them about that, but we have not nailed down somewhere. Well, there's so many beautiful places in the world, so you can't, so you can't go wrong. <laughs> and in a, as a conference, like if you look at Eastern Washington and the Big Sky Conference, we live in such a beautiful place of the United States. Like how oh, yeah. fortunate are we to be able to go into big sky country and just the places we're in, like we get to go into Arizona and go to see Flagstaff, the one place it snows in, in Arizona. You know, yeah. we also get the opportunity to go to some amazing big cities, like playing at Portland state in downtown Portland is an awesome vibe. And then, you know, you have those small towns like Cheney where we are, that you get the whole town to kind of stop and watch and see what's going on. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of really cool places that we get to go to every year and enjoy our conference. And I think that's something that's really special that I didn't realize that I had in some other conferences that I've played in or coached in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will say like, I'm one of those coaches that, I, I go stir crazy in the, the hotels. I, yeah. I cannot handle that. Um, so I take the girls out a lot. <laughs> I mean, we, we get up in the morning and we have breakfast and we are on the move. We need to get out and we need to do something. And, um, I think one of my most memorable trips as an EG uh, was our first year. We went over to Sac State to play. And, uh, I took the girls to the Capitol because I mean, obviously California is huge. I, I'm, I was born and raised in Southern California. I never had the opportunity to go up to Northern California and let alone visit our Capitol. Um, so all the girls were going to come with me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. We went and did a Capitol tour and it probably took us way too long to do that, but it was amazing. We had the best guide and she came to our game later that night, and it was phenomenal. Um, and it's an experience that the girls can always say they did. And they may have been not as interested as maybe I would have liked them at the time, <laughs> yeah. but 
I'll tell you what, they still talk about it. Um, the girls that went with us on that trip uh, that are here, they still talk about it. So they did learn something and they did have fun. And those are a lot of what our trips are like. You would be amazed what we can find to do in these small towns in big sky country. Um, it was always memorable. And I, I, I really thank Don Flora for that. He was my coach um, when I played at the University of Laverne. Oh. And he took us to do things when we were playing. I remember going to the Cincinnati, uh, I think Cincinnati Reds game, I believe. Wow. Um, I remember going to Anheuser-Busch's uh, stadium to go on a tour. <laughs> wow. Like, we weren't trying any beer, but to see <laughs> those huge horses and to get us out. I remember he took me to my first farm. I don't even remember where that was now that I think of it. <laughs> but I'm like such a city girl. Yeah. And he took us in the middle of nowhere to a farm one time. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? It was such an experience for me to get out of my comfort zone and to be able, like, that's the memory I have, obviously. Like, I don't remember what team we even went to go play. Yeah. But I remember going to that farm, you know? Yeah. You're making and, experiences. Oh, for sure. And he, he shaped how I do travel trips. He left a lasting impact on me for that, for sure. Wow. Well, and I love hearing insights about travel too, because even, especially with sports, it is those little things that, you know, allow the team to grow close, closer. Those are the things you remember. Yeah, that's your experience. It really is. Wow. I don't think enough people, or I guess I should say recruit, I don't think enough recruits ask those questions. Like, what does travel look like for you? You know, cause it's different for every program. You know, there are some programs that stay in the hotel and try to not get drained as much as possible for that game that night. Yeah. And for us, we don't do that. We get up, we stay in our routine, we get out and we move around. I'm, you could ask my team, how many parks have we been to? If we can't find anywhere to go, we'll go to a park and we will go play on the park playground. And that's what we will do. No, see, I think that's what matters. You know, a team growing closer. And I love how you mentioned like having the, the athlete ask more questions to the coaches, because I feel like a lot of student athletes want to know like advice about for college sports. So what would your advice be to an athlete wanting to play for a team or university? My thing is, is just get to know the staff as much as possible. I think, I think our recruiting process is really hard. Um, And I think it's hard both ends. You know, we as coaches feel like we know these recruits and then they come here and maybe they're a little different than we expected. And then the same thing, vice versa, you know, the, the recruit commits to a coach who thought they, they were different. And I think find whatever that underlining item that you need is. And I think as recruits, it's okay to say what that underlining is. Like for some recruits, it's that they need to play and that's the end all be all for them. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to know what you want. It's okay to know that if you're going if you're going to be really honest about what your top priorities are, then you will find a really good fit. If Mm -hmm. you are just up in the air and like, 
there's so many things, but chasing money is, unfortunately, it's not successful for recruits and it's not successful in life. And let's just put that out there. Like how many times have people said money doesn't buy happiness? Yeah, it may buy you a boat, but it doesn't buy you happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think for some recruits, they end up taking that offer that maybe offers them money. And I'm not sure that's always the best thing. And I'm a huge advocate for division three. In fact, I had, I was at the Hawaiian combine this year and one of the division three coaches told me, you are the best division three salesman. Can you do that speech again? (laughs) And it's not, do it out of pure heart and what I got in that experience. I truly believe I would I would pay double the amount to have the same experience I had when I played again, playing for division three, I had an amazing experience. Um, and it was worth every penny that I'm still paying off, Yeah, (laughs) but but I think it's really important to figure out what that is. And I think it's a lot of people chase his dream. Like I was just reading this book. Um, and it's from a player that I, coached at in her club and Mm. uh, it it says you know I was chasing a scholarship and then that's what I got and it was just like that's not really what I would say is best for recruits like Mm -hmm. it's so much better to just be really genuine in what your wants and needs are and if that is money like don't disclude division three don't disclude division two um junior colleges uh, actually have the most scholarship money to give. Um, so they're allowed 14 scholarships and division one's only allowed 12. So, you know, we're really looking at, you need the most money. Like, let's be really honest about that. That's not division one because most colleges are fully funded, but there's only 12 scholarships there. And division two, you can break those scholarships up and you can add whatever package together. And then, you know, obviously division three is a great place if you have good academics or you're in a situation where I was, where you're a a low income kid and you're going to get lots of financial aid. Um, and I think not enough people know that type of those types of things. So, Oh, no, I totally agree. And I think, I think that'll be awesome advice for anyone to listen to because it's true, you know, like don't just chase those things, but look around, look at your options, know what you want and what's best for you. I think that's great. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. What's one thing that no one knows about you that you could share with us? Oh man, you said this question before and I've been trying to think (laughs) and I, I think there's a few things that are kind of like funny things that if you didn't know me, um, the first thing that I think is just hilarious and it's not necessarily just about me, but so my last name is Cloud, uh-huh. and uh, I was born as a Flores, so flower. Uh-huh. So my brother's last name is still obviously Flores. My sister married a Rios, which means river, and I married a Cloud. So <gasps> my mom has three kids. Their last names are Flower, uh, flower River, and Cloud, and I think that is just the funniest thing Something that people don't know about me personally, I get energy from cooking. Like, wow. 
yeah, I think that my husband hates this time right now. Like we're in COVID-19, right? So stay home, stay safe. We are going to gain so much weight because I'm just cooking my little heart out because every time I get frustrated or every time I'm like, oh, I've got like a mental block. I need to cook something. <laughs> so um, it's been funny. really, really hard for me. Like I can only cook three meals a day. And my four-year-old thinks this is hilarious. It's like, mom, you're cooking again. <laughs> um, oh, so, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I really, really love cooking. Um, I, and that does not mean I make anything good. It just means <laughs> I like to cook. Hey, so, I bet it's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have a lot of team meals at our house. I mean, one of the reasons we bought the house we did was because it was close to campus and it's got a big open area where we could have the team over. Um, wow. Cause it's just, you know, it's just the three of us, my husband, myself, and my, my daughter. And, but we love having the girls over. And so I bet you that they'd ha have a better perception if I'm actually a good cook or not. I know that <laughs> there's been some things where I'm like, I want to try this. And the team was like, no failure coach. <laughs> but I still wanted to try it and I still cooked it. And, you know, oh, I bet. Okay. You can't not be good if you practice that much. I guarantee. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I really think that people get to know people over food. Um, so I think it's, it's really important for me, like to have, have that and have the team over and have a meal together. And our, our head football coach, Aaron Best, um, actually laughed at me in my interview. Um, when I was interviewing for Eastern Washington, because he asked me the question, like, how do you get to know the the women in this program. And I was like, over a meal, like, duh, isn't that easy? And he, he looked at me and he was like, well, then I must just be the person who's, you know, like, I just must be a great person to know because obviously like I love eating and you know, he was a little, a little heavier at that time. And Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Well, thank you for sharing that. No, those yeah. are, those are awesome. Like get to know your points. <laughs> thank you. Leslie, what's your next adventure? Oh, um, well, I think, you know, COVID-19 has allowed us to take an adventure together. Um, yeah. so just, just trying to stay positive during this time, you know, for Eastern, we have our quarter starts Monday, our oh. spring quarter starts Monday. And so really just reassuring the girls that we are all here still. And, um, let's get through spring, spring quarter. Let's, let's do yeah. that together because it's going to be different and it's going to be overwhelming. And, um, there's going to be times where we want a hug and we can't get one you know, it's going to have to be that virtual hug. And, yeah. um, so I think our next adventure is spring quarter. Unfortunately, I wish it was something cooler, um, no. but I know we've got some things planned for this fall that I'm really excited about. We're going to head over to Troy university, um, in Alabama and oh, that's awesome. On our way there, uh, we are going to stop in, I believe it's um, Montgomery, where Martin Luther King's um, memorial 
museum is. And I'm really excited to take the team there and give them an opportunity. We don't have anyone on the team that has been there yet. Wow. So we've got some things for this fall that I'm really, really excited about that will shape us as, as a team, but also as people. And I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Like, are we, are we getting women in this program and sending them off as better people? Um, and that's really important for me. Yeah. So hopefully we get to do a little bit of, uh, that this fall and just keeping my fingers crossed and, um, prayers that we get to, to have this fall season. Yeah. Oh no, I couldn't have said it better myself. And it's been so fun to like, listen to your insights and get a glimpse into your wonderful team. So thank you so much, Leslie, for just, um, doing this podcast and letting us you know, get an insight into your team. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I I had a lot of fun. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the 35,000 feet podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcast to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 feet.